Blackcast, a very special, intimate setting here. We're sitting out in the old barn here on the Blackcast property for a Western Stars special Blackcast. This is a very Bruce Springsteen-centric Blackcast, and I think that the Blackcast might be the only podcast out there where you will sometimes get an all-Spider-Man episode, an all-Kiss episode, an all-Bruce Springsteen episode, and who knows what else is uh, destined to be around the corner. Uh, I am, of course, Christian Blatt, as always, without me, it's not really the Blackcast. <laughs> And uh, here in studio, joined by Ryan Nielsen. Hello, how are you doing today? After Buzz TV, yes. uh, who has produced many shows that uh, that I've done, but I don't think I've ever actually been on a panel with you. Yeah, we've never been. This on a is panel the first together. time to do it. And first time. I think an important topic like Bruce Springsteen seems. Oh, to be I had to. I'm, the, I'm one of yeah. the biggest Bruce fans ever. Again, yeah, I'm a producer here at After Buzz TV, focused on movies like Popcorn Talk. Right. And when I heard there was a Bruce Springsteen movie coming out that wasn't blinded by the light but yeah, more of a which we, film yeah which we'll also talk about in a little bit we yeah. could yeah I think uh, I, I got really excited because he co-directed this right. this film and I think Absolutely. you know I, I had to I jumped at the opportunity to come yeah. on here and talk about it because I was so eager to see the Western Stars movie well, right well and if we're going to talk about Bruce I of course have to uh, bring in the the big guns the heavy artillery all the way from Medicine Hat my friend Dan Reinish how are you, sir? Hello, everyone. Hello. You know, I love, Christian, I love what you've done with the barn. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was when you had the all Spider-Man episode here in the barn, I thought just a little bit too many cobwebs. It kind of yes. looks a little bit creepy, but you've really beautified, beautified the barn. It looks fantastic. And my view from uh, Medicine Hats, Alberta, looks fantastic down Hello, warm California. We are about to hit <laughs> minus 20 again in a couple of days oh up my. here in Canada, but that, no, we don't live in igloos. And, and because you, of course, know how to talk to stupid uh, Americans, you gave me minus 20 in Fahrenheit, I assume, right? Not the Celsius minus 20, because I can't do that math. You know that about me. You don't want... You don't want to know what these temperatures are. I mean, wow. there's a tremendous storm system hitting the east coast of America right now that is going to shut things down for a couple of days, yeah. and we're uh, going to be colder than that. So minus 20 in Fahrenheit is uh, probably close to, let's see, so zero is 32, so it's going to be very close to about uh, uh, two or three degrees Fahrenheit. And Dan and I don't know each other. No, but you. We do know Ryan, each, no, Ryan, we don't. Hey, buddy. Hey, how you doing? I think we do have a connection though with Springsteen, which yeah, is nice. And absolutely. That just goes to show his his incredible yeah. powers as a musician to connect and us. Ryan, uh, you actually graduated from college earlier this year. I am a young buck. And I am we were, 22. We were talking before the show, uh, and Ryan was mentioning that the first time he saw Bruce, 
That was the Wrecking Ball Tour? Wrecking Ball Tour 2012, right. Jazz Fest, New Orleans. My mom's company, instead of having a Christmas party, the boss offered to bring them all to Jazz Fest, and one of them couldn't make it, so they extended me an invitation, eternally grateful for, because I got to see Tom Petty and oh. Bruce Springsteen, and forever changed. I was always a Bruce fan, sure, but until I saw him live, yeah. that's when I actually yeah. got it. I, and I'd say that's the same thing for me. Is that I always enjoyed the music. Like when you know, when I was discovering music, and I'm like, oh, I like this music that's on the radio. Oh, what I really like is the music that's not on the radio. Uh, was basically the era when Born in the USA was out. So like that album and you know, onward was the stuff I was most aware of. You get a little older and that's when you do the dig deep, the deep digging. Right. But uh, yeah. seeing him live just revolutionized everything. Uh, oh, because, totally. uh, and uh, Dan knows this, I've talked about it before, but uh, when I was an intern on Late Night with Conan O'Brien, I worked up close with Max Weinberg. And let's just say, wow. I've been able to come back around to appreciating him as a musician after that experience wow, so geez. it took a little bit but uh it, you know it's uh it, it's great and i ryan only has a few minutes because I there's a lot disclosure. of content that he has to do so dan i want him to talk about his experience going to see western stars because when you mentioned it to me just sort of offhand conversationally mm -hmm. i was like you have to come on the podcast and talk about this yeah. so you went to go I, see it i defer I defer to, to Ryan. I mean, he probably had to walk a block or two to go see it, whereas I had to drive three hours. No, Ryan, you go ahead, Holy buddy. You cow, go. Yeah. Three hours. Well, yeah, I mean, so sorry if it sounds like I'm, I'm hogging conversation. I do only have a few minutes here yeah. until I have to go. That's why we're work. leading with, right. with Ryan, and then Dan um, and I will get into the nitty-gritty. Yeah, so, again, it's been a heck of a couple of years for Bruce in that he's he, 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 see, he did the Wrecking Ball tour. He's had a few songs and albums come out since and now he's done the broadway show for a year and a half and this is his first like solo album since then and it's it, it's been the, it's the first one in a while for first sure. one in a while yeah. so naturally really excited when it came out this summer i was really fascinated by it because it was so different from all this other work and it just sounded different but it still was bruce and that's what's just so amazing about him so and blinded by the light came out so there's just been a unique the film cinematic element to him this year in 2019. So when I heard Warner Brothers bought Western Stars and that this is actually going to get like a theatrical distribution, a release, I became really excited. And it, there was a Fathom event. Those yes. things they advertise in front of every movie. I've only gone to like one or two Fathom events. And I saw that it was going to be on a Tuesday night. So I, a month out, requested off from work. And I actually <laughs> took a date. Two Western that, stars. Th this is this is the part that uh, is fascinating for me, Dan, because you brought a date who is not a Bruce fan, not a Bruce hater by any means, but not a Bruce fan. Not a not a wow. familiar with Springsteen, right. really. She knows Glory Days and Great maybe song. Born to Run, like the two. By the way, Glory Days might be the song that was on the radio at the time I'm talking about right. that, that dragged me in. I think Glory Days might actually be my my yeah. gateway drug to Bruce. But anyway. I mean, well, first off, I will say this. So she, her name's Melinda. She's a ma massive film fan. And Great. that's part of the reason why we get along. Um, but one thing that was just, I, I just thought about offering it because every movie we'd seen in theaters so far has been excellent. Like we right. have to make a joke, like only the best content. And I was just <laughs> yeah. like, this, this was a bit of a test for me. I was like, would she even be willing to go to something Springsteen? Well, she's going to really enjoy this appearance on the black cast because only yeah. the best content, only the best content. Only the and, best it, content. and she said, yes. Yeah. So that the, just saying yes to go yeah. was already like enough for me. 
And the fact that we went and it wasn't an awkward time was yeah. even better. I think the first thing she said after the film ended was that it was really wholesome, which I completely agree with. It was a really... It's a unique concert film sure. in that it's not just performing. There's these little interludes of of sh these short films that kind of describe what the song that he's about to play are about, and then that's in your mind while you're listening to it live. And already hearing yeah. a song live by Bruce is so amazing, and the fact that we had a little cinematic short film in front yeah. of each song, that made it all the more impactful. Um, the song that I think we all really reacted to was his performance of that song stones which when yeah. i heard it on the album it was kind of one i'd listen to like halfway it's and all right skip. yeah okay. but when it was him and patty like there was a there was just history between the inches of their faces right. on that microphone that i was really floored by and, it was quite and, amazing. and just the simple explanation before that song in particular but also yeah. some of the others it went a long way i don't know about you dan but when i heard the album i really liked it i thought it was great i actually listened to it on repeat on a drive out to Vegas. So, uh, you know, yeah. the, the, so I think that a lot of the sites matched what, uh, you know, I was hearing. And my, my wife also not a Bruce hater, but also not a fan. And, you know, this was on in the car because anytime we take a long drive, my wife falls asleep. So I get to listen to whatever I want. But she said a few times. Yeah, I, was, I was listening to Western stars at night driving under the Western stars yes. in rural Alberta. And it was beautiful. Oh, see, and you perfect. could see the yeah. horses running on the fields and everything. And when it comes to inviting a woman that would go to the movie, I invited two different ladies to wow. go to the movie with me that I know in the city where I drove to. And neither one was even remotely interested. <laughs> well, so I do have to go. The yeah, one, yeah, so the one last thing I'll say is, um, even though she said it was wholesome, her having no prior knowledge to Springsteen yeah. and his other music and just him in general, she did feel like, oh, wow, it was like very country and like oddly uh, very religious and and not in a typical like, oh, Bruce Springsteen seeing live a religious experience. I think in more of a he, he referenced uh, Christianity a lot throughout the yeah, film. Yeah, I think that's fair. Which yeah. I was kind of... yeah. I don't know if he's done that as much in his other work before. So it was kind of interesting, someone who's not familiar, to be introduced to him like that because it might not be yeah. the full picture, even though it's it, certainly there. It's a story. very interesting uh, way to see it. And I, I know you have to go, and yes. Dan and I are going to talk about it later. Just one minute overall summary, your thoughts on Blinded by the Light, because we'll talk Blinded about it later. But yeah, the film I'm talking about, not the song. We did do an anatomy of the movie on it on Popcorn Talk. I thoroughly enjoyed Blinded by the Light. I thought uh, about two-thirds of the way through that was getting a little schmaltzy, a little cheesy. However, I think the ending of that movie saves the entire film. I thought that was such a bold ending in that... Uh, I don't want to do any spoilers. But it's all right. It, it, it's, it's fine. Okay, in that, uh, you know, at the end he realizes it's not, it's not necessarily about running away from your home. It's about moving on from your home yeah. but remembering where you're from which i think people that's a mis that's a misconception with a lot of springsteen's music you know even the song thunder road it's like leaving where you've grown up getting out of that small town it's all about like escape 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 right right the point about blinded by the light though was he was he was enthralled by springsteen's music in that it's let's, let's escape but he learns that no you can't forget where you're from and right. I thought that was such an Which amazing. I, I think point. that that's a universal Bruce point for so yeah. many things. Is it doesn't yeah. really matter where you end up. Just don't forget where you're from. You don't always know where you're going, but somehow you always find your way back to. And it was the flip side of yeah. his parents. Be, like, yeah. Because in the Springsteen, it's his point of view. You don't yeah. really think about. Yeah. Right. Exactly. The other people you're leaving. So yeah. I, I really I thought the ending of that film was absolutely beautiful. I think. Uh, 
the use of my favorite song by Bruce Springsteen and my favorite song of all time is Jungle Land. And when Jungle Land's in that movie, I was like, oh my God, this yeah. is perfect. Um, so yeah, I, I really loved right. it. I, I do think uh, there were some tonal transitions that I thought could have been a little better. Sure. Specifically, there was one moment I love where they were singing Thunder Road. Yeah. But it went from that to like a very intense like Thatcher commentary. Yeah, but sure. I do have to head out. You do have Thank to you head so out. Much, and uh, Ryan it can be found on AfterBuzz TV on the Pop After Pop. Show panel for The Mandalorian and uh, Watchmen. So Watchmen on HBO and The Mandalorian on Disney Plus. And uh, we appreciate Ryan taking his time. Sorry, it was a little bit of a, of, of a, uh, you know, a little bit of a, a flourish, a little bit of a drive-by from Ryan there because he has uh, work to do, actual work to do. But I yeah. love the idea of uh, bringing a date to uh, Western stars. I didn't even, I didn't even think for a second of asking my wife to to see it. But what I was going to say earlier was when I was driving out to Vegas with my wife in the car, you know, she would be in yeah. and out of sleeping. And she, at one point, she, she didn't know what it was that we were listening to. She just said, this is beautiful. And I'm like, oh, really? You know, so that, that excites me, that sort of thing. And again, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get to uh, Blinded by the Light again in a little bit. But that was another instance where my wife afterwards, again, not a Bruce fan, but she's like, oh, I get it now. Right. So... I, See, I, we should we should tease the fact that we're going to talk about Blinded by the Light, the movie, in a few minutes by saying I did not like that movie. I know, and you uh, enjoyed the book and read it multiple times, I believe. Right? Love the book and yeah. I have read it multiple times. Seen the movie now eight times, and Whoa. I will still sit here and say I. Uh, we've seen it before. There's nothing new, but uh, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Yeah, we will definitely talk about that. All right, so I wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, you're driving around Alberta, uh, the night sky, the horses, all that. And you're listening to Western Stars for the first time. Tell me your thoughts yeah. about just the album, and then we'll talk about the movie. Well, the beautiful thing about the album is it, it takes me back to a time where radio wasn't so formatted, and it played absolutely everything. And yeah. you could go from, you know, a Fair and Young song to a Glen Campbell, and not necessarily listening to country radio because uh, in in there you would also hear America and you would hear Chicago and whatever the big hits of the day were. Not so much Springsteen necessarily. And uh, growing up in Europe, and when I first got into music, I was listening to Armed Forces Radio and the Canadian Forces Network, and my parents listened to everything. And and that was the the beautiful thing for me was I had heard bits and pieces of of the album of western stars before it came out but when in, when a new record comes out by an artist that i love be it springsteen or weezer or anybody that i love miranda lambert i did so with her with her new record this weekend i love to give it the car test now the car test is easily explained but you really need to see the movie once if you if you don't know what a car test is and and in studios like the studio that I'm sitting in right now here in Medicine Hat just like the one that that Christian is sitting at uh, there in North Hollywood studios are they're expensive and they have all the best gear in the world and almost everything in these studios sounds tremendous but unless you put a multi thousand dollar audio system in a car a car audio system is just the bare bones and it gives you what the music should sound like. And so when Western Stars came out, I was I was doing a drive here and I took the Saturday to go and and uh, ended up doing it Friday night because I couldn't wait. And just driving around and listening to it and it was the country sound of the 70s, uh, like, I, like I mentioned, like Glenn Campbell, an artist like that, that reminded me not just how much Bruce is a unique artist, but, but how much he can 
jump into other styles and and still make it sound like his own. And we had heard, uh, I think, about half the album before it actually came out. So um, there goes my baby, tremendous song. Um, we had heard uh, the Tucson Train was was the best one. If you haven't seen Little Steven perform his version of that, you need to see that. And so I just I really loved it because. I think the atmosphere of being under the Western stars and being in Western Canada and driving around in the areas, but having had the experience of driving to Vegas and driving around the Joshua Tree Park where a lot of the Western stars movie takes place, it's a time and place album and you're just listening to songs about life and about people. And you can tell in the song that's about the stuntman that Bruce isn't singing about himself. He's singing about characters again. And one of the things that, even though this record was done before the Broadway show, one of the things that the Broadway show did for Bruce was basically push the reset button. He can go anywhere that he wants to now. And for me, this was a beautiful and brilliant first step. Yeah, you know, when uh, Ryan was sort of giving, uh, you know, his overview of the last few years for for Bruce, uh, I, I first of all, I knew he was in a rush, but I also know he didn't get to see the Broadway show in person. Uh, now, you and I both did, uh, separately, yeah. uh, but uh, you got to see it. And I, I believe you got to sit very close, uh, unless I'm mistaken. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was lucky. I was lucky enough to spend an entire month's rent plus to sit in the fifth <laughs> row, and and no, uh, no regrets whatsoever. No, um, my my story is uh, a little bit more uh, more budget friendly, uh, and I can't remember <laughs> if I told you this when it happened. But uh, I was uh, my wife was working in New York, uh, shooting Orange Is the New Black, and she wasn't going to be home. And I'm like, great, I'm going to go try and see the Springsteen play. And she's like, great, you should go. And I'm in the cancellation line. I'm the second person in the cancellation line, so I feel like I have a good chance. And, you know, it could have cost me, I think, up to $850 because these are face value in the cancellation line. Yeah. These aren't your StubHub prices. Yeah. And and my wife was like, you know, whatever, I know you want to go. This might have to be your Christmas present, whatever. And as I'm standing in line, this lady comes up and she says, is anybody by themselves? And I'm like, yes. She's like, I have one extra, but you have to go in with me because it was those those awful printed home tickets, which Dan knows how I feel uh, about those. But she I don't had, like them. Give me a ticket. Give yeah. me a ticket, please. Give me something that I can put in a scrapbook or put in a frame. Yes. But not only did she have printed home tickets, both tickets were printed on the same sheet of paper. So yeah, uh, it was a, the, the, the second ticket was on the reverse side. So you had to go in with her. And uh, I was like, well, what are you looking for? Uh, you know, what do you want for them? And she's like, I forget exactly what she had paid. She's asking for $300. And I, I was like, oh... Well, do you do you take Venmo or PayPal? And she just sort of looked at me like I had three heads. And I'm like, wait, wait, hold on. So I counted out. She saw me count on my wallet. I had $267. And I said, how about $267? She's like, you can go in right now? I'm like, yeah. She's like, great, let's go. So <laughs> by having by not having $300 in my wallet, uh, I was able to uh, to save and see the play for... $267 right in the middle of the uh, of, of the theater. But those Broadway theaters, like, in the middle, that's almost like being, you know, I don't know, being like 10th row in an arena in terms of what you see. Yeah. You know? And just seeing him in that setting and, you know, I mean, people who aren't fans of Bruce, I can understand. We're like, wait, so he talks and plays some songs? And I'm like, yeah, maybe it's, it's not for you, but it... It was so interesting, just the stories, and I loved hearing the songs that way. I loved when Patty came out. The whole experience was so great, and I know it's on Netflix and you can watch it, 
I haven't actually wanted to watch the TV version of it because I remember it wow. still so vividly in my head. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I, 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 I feel like when a little bit more time has gone by, I'll be so glad that I can see it on Netflix. But I still remember it so well, and I feel like that's going to kind of tamper with, uh, with my memory. But uh, talk a little bit about your experience seeing the Springsteen on Broadway show. My experience was uh, earth-shattering, earth-moving at a time when financially I couldn't afford to do what I was doing. Living in Toronto at the time, buying the ticket that was the 850 US, which was 1400 Canadian at the time, then driving down to New York. It was originally St. Patrick's Day weekend, the 17th of March, that I was wanting to go. My friends were all busy, and I thought, I'll just take a trip down to, to New York. And so I, uh, after they did the ridiculous, you have to register, you have to get a password, you have to get permission from them to buy, which I never got any of that sort of stuff. Yeah. And so on the, uh, the March 17th weekend, I jumped online on the Friday around 9 o'clock to see if there was any tickets available. And there was, and it was the expensive seats, and I just, I couldn't afford it. And so I thought, well, this would have been great. New York City on St. Patrick's Day, seeing Bruce Springsteen on Broadway, uh, that would have been great. Uh, but I didn't go. I'd made the decision not to go, and I didn't like myself very much that <laughs> night. And normally I'm very okay with myself. Sure, but Christian, I hated me. I hated <laughs> me. I was, was like, you jerk. Like, I didn't, I wouldn't allow myself to sleep in the same bed with me. It was, it was a horrible thing. So the next week, we get close to March 24th, and I was saying, well, there was tickets last weekend. I'm just going to look to see what's there. And this seat was there. Uh, I said fifth row. It was the fifth seat in the third row. And so it was there around 9 o'clock when I checked. And uh, then I went, and then I was just like, no, you can't go. And then I checked back around 11, and it was still there. And I checked back around 1, it was still there. And it was almost as if that seat was calling out to me. And so... So I was lying in bed, and I was thinking, all right, uh, go back in like a half an hour. And if the ticket's still there, then it was meant to be. And for some reason, it was, because whenever any of those tickets came up, it was they were bought right away. They came up, somebody bought them, whether, whether it was a reseller or a fan wanting to see a show again or, you know, just somebody wanting to see it and talking themselves into it. And so the ticket was still there at one thirty, and I bought it, did, made the decision to go, because, again, I don't like hating myself. I no, want to no, be no, pro-Dan as much as I possibly can. Yeah. And um, but then then knowing that I was going to have to get up in five hours and make the drive to New York City from Toronto was like, OK, so you're not sleeping, knowing you need to get up because you're so excited. And I got into New York City. I've, I've driven there a few times. I I'm, I'm not having lived in New York City. I don't quite know it as well as, as you do, but I know it well enough to to get around. And um, and so I drove right into the city, uh, was hoping like an idiot that there would be a parking space right in front of the theater there wasn't <laughs> but uh but there was one uh, far enough down far enough down the road that wasn't too far um just down past uh the the train center there um the train station i which i've never been in by the way all my trips to new york i've never gone you've in you've never gone station. into grand uh, with grand central penn the, station you never grand been central in, sorry yeah. yeah grand central and uh so there was a parking garage down there and my car got to go on the uh there's one of those ones where you uh your car can on the metal be lifted oh, sure. up and put on the yeah. second level of the uh, of the metal machine which i just thought was fascinating and so i got to watch my car go up and then i walked down and i got to hang got to go to 30 Rock for a bit on my way and pass the M&M store and sort of get a big giggle out of <laughs> their Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> so getting to the theater was one of those 
fantastic things because a Broadway theater itself is a beautiful, spectacular thing, and those theaters are all so old. And, uh, and so I'm looking around trying to take it all in and knowing that once the show starts that, uh, that, that maybe it wouldn't be what I wanted it to be. And uh, it was everything I wanted it to be and more. And unlike you, when the Netflix special came out, I watched it right away because I know that you heard probably some of the things that he said off mic that weren't meant to be part of the show. For instance, when he's talking about his mother yeah. and his mother having Alzheimer's and loving to dance with his mother. And um, this was in the early stage where I knew my mother was, was heading down that path as well. And uh, dancing with your mother, I think, is it's such a beautiful thing. I mean, it's so pure and wonderful. Yeah. And um, I used to dance with my mother to Springsteen music. And... Um, when he was done playing the wish, the song for his mother and, you know, making a, making a joke saying, you know, in rock and roll, having problems with your father is one thing, but you know, you're not supposed to write songs about your mother. And he does this beautiful song and he talks about her dancing and everything. And he says above, barely above a whisper, once he's done before uh, the crowd starts clapping, he says, keep dancing, mom. Yeah. And it, it was like, that's not, that's not on the, on the Netflix special. And for me, it was just like, that was, that was yeah. worth the money. Yeah, no, beautiful show. I loved it. I loved every it, second it, of it. it. It was so great uh, to be able to see the show. I mean, you know, I think there's a lot of artists that it's like just to see in that venue, even if they did a regular set and you're sitting in a theater like that, it'd be cool. But this was such a personal show, and yeah. you know, obviously his it comes on the heels of his book, which was so personal. And that's why I think that, you know, this album, this Western Stars album, yeah, it's ostensibly it's about this aging stuntman who is, you know, in the the later stages of, of life and the career's not going well. You know, he actually explains that he's doing Viagra commercials and things like that, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, there's uh, but it's uh, it's clearly, yeah, it's about him, the idea that. It's another day you wake up with uh, with your boots on, you know, and uh, yeah. I think that having it be this kind of personal story, having it be set in this barn on their property, which uh, I was joking with Ryan beforehand. Dan, I didn't get the uh, invite to see the performance in the barn. I don't know. Did you get it and you just weren't able to go? Or uh, I wasn't I wasn't able to go. Yeah. I did get the invite. Oh, there was uh, had about thirty or forty of his close friends there. <laughs> I, I wasn't able to go because, uh, well, I mean, he and I have only met that one time. Yeah. But That's it was true. nice of them to invite me. I wish I could have gone. And I believe you met him for twelve seconds, but you have a great picture to show it, right? So, oh, uh, you know the uh, the the thing the thing about Bruce and it's it's a unique thing, and it's funny when. You and Ryan, uh, as Americans, yeah. uh, and you talk about Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen, there's a there's an ownership of Bruce Springsteen there. And when you talk to music fans, uh, most uh, most Americans that I've met have an opinion of Bruce. Sure. And it is uh, whether it's whether it's prioritary because they love him, or they they've never really gotten into him, or they got into him in eighty uh, two to eighty four when Born in the USA is out, sure. and never really got into him since then. But but as Canadians, um, and I'm not saying Canadians aren't prior. Bruce Springsteen, but it, it, it isn't a you love him or you don't. It, it, to me, I love him, and when I say to somebody, do you want to go to a Bruce Springsteen movie, uh, he's just an artist that they either, you know, they may not just have an opinion on. 
Um, But it is always fun talking with, it's like talking to a Canadian about Rush. I own Rush, no matter what any American says, they're Canadian (laughs) and always will be. Right, exactly. And, and, uh, you know, we should know better as Americans than to try and take any ownership of them. And, you know, here's the interesting thing, too, sort of geographically, because, like, when you break down the United States even further, Ryan grew up in Delaware, so that's, you know, right near New Jersey. I grew up in upstate New York, but literally four miles from New Jersey. All my family's from New Jersey. So, uh, you know, Bruce Springsteen and Billy Joel are sort of very proprietary musicians for me. And oh, sure. And, I would never claim ownership over either of those yeah. guys on you. And, you know, right. I think uh, I think we learned where the territories were drawn that first night we met, hung out, hung out and started talking music. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing for people who've, who've heard the Black Cats before you might remember. Uh, Dan and I met uh, at, a, at a Weezer show when they were playing uh, uh, what what I consider to be one of their greatest albums uh, in its entirety. Everything will be all right in the end. And uh, yeah. you had uh, taken a trip down for that. But uh, since then, we've uh, gone to Dodger Stadium. You've actually been in this very studio here uh, at After Buzz Studio TV. in North Hollywood. Yeah. By the way, the Weezer shows that we met at, that yeah. was five years ago this week. I know. I thought about that. that Because uh, you know, it was the beginning <laughs> of November or whatever. Yeah. And it's so crazy to think about that, that that album was five years ago. And, uh, yeah. you know, but... Uh, such a such a great high point, and you look, we're we're going to see them again with uh, Green Day and Fallout Boy uh, this summer at Dodger Stadium. So it'll be it'll be full circle. It'll be seeing Weezer again. It'll be at Dodger Stadium again. If you're yeah. in town long enough, we can do some stuff in the studio again. See, everything's going to be uh, everything's going to be coming up. Everything's going to be coming up roses, as it were. Um, Everything it, will be all right in the end. But yeah, yeah you know, yes, we'll talk will. about Weezer when I'm there in yeah, July because exactly. it'll be we'll see if we can't get the guys to come into the studio with us, but. Right. But yeah, the the Bruce thing, the the the, uh, the the thing for me about Bruce and Broadway. One final thing was the fact that that I had the the four hour drive to build up excitement for it, and then when it was over, uh, whenever I go to New York City, I always stay in Jersey. I love Jersey more than New York City, but that's me. And uh, I had the drive back the next day, and I was gonna go. I, I was gonna go into the. Um, the 9-11 museum, which I'd never seen. And there were some other things that I'd wanted to do in New York City. But I just woke up on the Sunday morning and I took the drive slowly back to Canada to just let the show wash over me again. Yeah. And, and and again, it's it was it was one of those, for those who didn't get the chance to see it, uh, the Netflix special does a fantastic job uh, of, of letting you know what it was like, just as the Billy Crystal 700 Sundays sure. uh, program that was on HBO lets you know how great that play was, which it too was tremendous. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, look, both the Broadway show and this Western Stars film are very personal performances. I like that the idea, you know, he, he explains it, is that he wasn't going to tour for the album, so let's uh, do a live performance, but let's not just, I don't know, you know, rent out a, a theater or, you know, some kind of venue and do a one-off show. I mean, they use this space, and I think it's in the... It's after the credits where they're they're demonstrating what the acoustics are like there, and one of the yeah. musicians claps, and then you just hear the echo of the clapping, and I'm like, oh, no wonder it sounds so good in there, and yeah. just doing the show like that 
and they were able to pack the orchestra in there and just like watching I, one of my favorite things in watching the movie was the people in the orchestra when it was a song that didn't have the orchestra in it you know they're just sitting you know like 10 feet behind bruce springsteen getting this very unique concert experience where he's you know in front of them not facing at them but they're kind of rocking out at the same time you know so well, let's it, talk about that for a second yeah. can you imagine that like like i got to sing with weezer so i get to see them but like sure. can you imagine watching bruce springsteen that close and realizing i am on stage performing now with <laughs> bruce springsteen like that in itself the yeah. joy in their faces and i'm glad you brought that up the yeah. joy that they have and the the camera work by tom zimney and bruce who co-directed the film although bruce has said that tom was a nice guy and just gave him a credit because he was there all the time bruce <laughs> Bruce is not known as the boss for not having opinions. So, yeah, sure. uh, but the the it did it, it, it was an intimate little barn. It is an intimate little barn, and the show itself felt like that to me. Yeah, and uh, so what I was saying earlier is that I liked the album when I first heard it. I had standouts. I, I think the "There Goes My Miracle" is still my favorite, and I loved the version yeah. of that in this. Uh, but what it what this did is him talking about the songs and you know in these little interstitials and then they they play it live in this intimate setting it really i don't know i just had an additional level of appreciation for kind of all of it and i you know i couldn't wait to just listen to the album version again now i know that there's a soundtrack version out as well and i believe you have that already in fact i think you bought that before you were sure you were going to be able to see the movie right yeah, I uh, oddly enough, I had the uh, the audio version of it, and I had to pick up my CD version of it this morning before I came to work. But that's a story I won't bother you with. And yeah, the song is called "There Goes My Miracle." Earlier, I said "There Goes My Baby," which is the Trisha Yearwood song that sounds almost exactly alike. Sure, there goes right, right. my miracle. But anyway, but yeah, no, I had heard it because I am a I'm not a I'm not a wait person like as soon i want it now yeah. as soon as i know it's coming i want it i'm not overtly impatient but i just i want to hear it i want to experience it i want to enjoy it and the um the the main difference which you which you pointed out is the patty appearing on two songs like stones stones is is one of those songs that you can sort of maybe spend too much time thinking about if you don't get the metaphor right away. Like, right. I woke up this morning with stones in my mouth. Those were only the lies you told me. And yeah. so it's like, okay, you get the metaphor right away that stones are lies that this woman that he can't trust is telling him. But once you add Patty to that and you just hear that it's just like, oh, it's there's this woman's voice and she's the one that is lying to him and, and those yeah. sorts, sorts of things. So the movie... Uh, which I had heard it, and yes, I had also heard the Spamalot album, and I had also heard uh, <laughs> the Book of Mormon before I went to see them. Not because I'm trying to ruin anything for me, it's just I want to listen to these things, and yeah. I don't always know when I'm going to get to see the plays, the production. Now, see, or, that's interesting, because for me, uh, a Broadway show, it, I, I will never listen to the album before I see it. And you yeah. mentioned the two shows that I've most, I've been most excited to see ever in my life, Spamalot and Book of Mormon. And I, I'm sure it still would have been funny, but uh, my wife uh, like listened to the Avenue Q album for like months or even a year before she ever actually got to see it because she just wasn't in New York because she was just so excited about it and she had friends who had seen it. So I can see sort of both sides of that. Uh, something like this, I think listening to the live versions from the movie wouldn't have detracted from it at, at all. And I do love that version of Rhinestone Cowboy, by the way, that uh, that is included yes. in the soundtrack version. And well, that song, that song was one of my jams when I was a kid. It was like, like a Ryan-ish cowboy. <laughs> of course. I didn't even realize it was about you. I should have known. Oh, 
Yeah. You know, I it wasn't originally, uh, yeah. but I made it about me. No, because, because you there's get not a lot of things that have Rhineish in it. Well, you get cards and letters from people you don't even know. I'm sure it happens all the time. <laughs> and offers coming over the phone. Absolutely. Right. Uh, so, yeah, and I, I really felt like this movie did such a great job explaining the album, but also just sort of explaining what you were watching. And, yes. you know, uh, we talked about the aging film star, but then when he talks about, you know, the his time in L.A., you know, that he would go to this club in the Santa Monica Mountains on Saturday night, you know, and that's sort of the yeah. vibe that they were going for. And I, I can't say that I know exactly where he's talking about. I don't even know if it's still there, but... It reminded me sort of of, of like some restaurants and things that I do know that's sort of like up in Malibu, like way up PCH and stuff like that. And it, yeah. it was just kind of cool to imagine, you know, him kind of going into those those things. I, I loved his story about, uh, you know, because obviously you could put you could do an entire uh, box set of uh, his songs solely about heartbreak. But he's specifically just talking about this girl in New Jersey that broke his heart destroyed it wrapped it in a paper bag and mailed it cod and so he he did the only thing he could think to do which was get three thousand miles away from that heartbreak and go to california and that's not exactly my entire story of why i moved uh, to la i think there was a career frustration i had a friend who was going that i felt like okay if i'm gonna go let me go with somebody but yeah there was a little bit of that too there was a situation that i was like i could use some space between this and so it's uh it it, you know that that i that that i think just uh it really uh, spoke to me sort of that you kind of forget that sure he's one of the most iconic biggest rock stars of all time but of course you know, especially early in his career, well, he he had all those kind of problems. You know, he moves to L.A., but then he runs out of money, so he has to go back to New Jersey. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, but the thing the thing about it is, like you, you know, you're from Jersey, and you've California's your adopted home. It's not my home, but I vacation there whenever I sure. can, and and I know places fairly well. But even if it isn't getting in a car and driving along the the Pacific Coast Highway to a restaurant that you go into on a Saturday night. You know, you talk about Prince Edward Island, uh, the the smallest province in Canada where I went to high school. And, you know, I lived, uh, grew up in Summerside, which is right about in the middle. Charlottetown is on one end. But if you get in the car and just drive on a Saturday night anywhere, you're going to find a little pub that maybe has a band playing, maybe has a great jukebox. in uh, On the Irish Loop in Newfoundland, another great Canadian province, Newfoundland and Labrador, you can get on the Irish Loop and drive around the, 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 the southwest coast of the peninsula, and you come across places where they have, you know, cod tongues and uh, fries dressing and gravy, and there's, uh, you know, the, uh, the there's a, a, a a restaurant up near my mother's house, the Sisters, I think it's called, and uh, they always have a bar on a Saturday night, and it's good Irish music to sit and listen to, and they also play other music, and so no matter where you are from in the world, there's places where you can get in the car, drive, and get lost, and find these little places, and the universality of Bruce's music uh, and why it relates to so many people has been written about in book after book after book. So there's no point of us getting to it. But yeah. if somebody's not a Springsteen fan and they're thinking, oh, my God, the way that Dan and Christian, two fans, are talking about, you know, like you went to the, the last show at the at the L.A. arena. I did. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and I, I make a point of, like, spending $2,000 to get to and from New York in the span of three days to go and see the show. So you and I are huge fans. Yeah. I think we're predestined to have this, but, like, for, for fans who, for people who aren't Bruce Springsteen, but, like, are interested, uh, 
what would you say to them about going to see Western Stars the movie? I think that it's funny because it, it is, you know, Ryan talking about bringing that date really made me think about it. It is a weird entree into the world of Bruce because it is a solo album. It is being performed in this setting, you know, and yep. it's not like if you were to, you know, like the uh, like the when the the river was reissued, there was a, a DVD with it with some performances from Tempe from 1980. And I think yep. you could get a very different experience like, oh, just watch these songs being performed at this time period. But I think you would really have an appreciation for the personal nature of the story. And I think even if for some reason maybe the music isn't didn't speak to you, I think him talking about it and listening to the lyrics, you'd feel like, you know what, I, I really like this guy. You know, I like yeah. Springsteen. And maybe I am more interested in some of the music. Um, I, I You know, that's a funny thing, too, because I was thinking, like, you know, had there been time, I think my wife would have actually enjoyed this film you know seeing it presented in this way because look i brought her to i brought her to a lot of concerts uh she was she was at one of those uh, weezer everything will be all right in the end shows uh the the one in la at the belasco theater uh you know she she didn't need to go out to that was a great show we had a great time that night she didn't need to go out to pomona (laughs) to the glass house but uh i i know i i think that this i i think you would get a sense for bruce as a person and for this really interesting unique chapter but then yeah. it's like, oh, go ahead and pick up Greetings from Asbury Park or uh, Born to Run or The River, you know, one of those. You're going to be like, oh, wait, but this is totally different. You know what I mean? It's like clearly the same guy, the same point mm-hmm. of view just earlier in life. But it's expressed in such a different way because you have the great musicians. Not that there aren't great musicians collaborating on Western Stars, but like that's a band album this is let me get some friends together to help me with my vision and you know they help bring it to fruition it's not really a collaboration so yeah i don't know i mean what do you think if somebody were to uh check this out for the first time Uh, this was really their first uh, uh, i'd have to make sure that i said put aside whatever you think of bruce springsteen yeah like you know, he, he is a corporation. He is something that instantly is recognizable as, you know, whether it's the Born in the USA cover or whether yeah. it's this or that. The name Bruce Springsteen conjures up all sorts of things. And and that's good and that's bad. He's built his career on that. And, and by the way, for uh, my wife know, the... for my wife it's really dancing in the dark and pulling Courtney Cox out of the audience. Like that I think is the yeah. thing that she thinks of. You know, that's sort of like her go-to. And that, that's like from, my, my wife was very young when that video was out. She was like four. Sure. But, but yeah. like, that's kind of the thing that she thinks of. She's like, oh, yeah. And, cause she, and she likes that song, you know. So I think that that's yeah. probably her identification. Sorry, I just wanted to interject that to what you were saying. Oh, inter- inter- interject at all. I always love hearing stories about your wife. But it's, it's like, you know, there are many Bruce fans, I am not one of them, who don't like Born in the USA because it was successful, just like there's many U2 fans, and we've talked about this before, who don't like Joshua Tree because it was successful. But it's like, I am i don't want to say Bruce is my ride or die, because there's some records he's put out that uh, that I'm not, I'm not listening to as much as some other ones, but that's true with any artist. And as far as, as, far as this movie and Bruce Breen, it's like, just go and, and listen. Yeah. And watch, and I mean the scenes in Joshua Tree are fantastic. The the whole movies he shows of him and Patty and the things that he talks about, and and I mean you probably didn't notice how very American uh, the Western Stars movie is, but a few times for me it was just like, oh, he's 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 talking about America here. He's not talking about North America right. or the world. He's talking about America, 
and I don't have one of the examples, but I mean, it can't be forgotten that Bruce Springsteen is American. And, uh, right, I mean, and you know, in one of the interviews he gave, I think it was on the Graham Norton show, one of the interviews that he gave uh, around Western stars was he feels his... Um, his his use as a political voice is probably used up now, and uh, but but I would just tell him go in watch it. It's got beautiful settings. It's only yeah. it's only ninety three minutes, and I I would whole wholeheartedly recommend it to everybody. Uh, I'd be surprised if there was any Springsteen fan that didn't love it because it's a it's a movie about Bruce Springsteen with Bruce Springsteen playing Bruce Springsteen songs, with the exception of Rhinestone Cowboy, which comes up at, up at right. the end, yes. and uh, it, it all works for me. That's... And I would have uh, I, depending on what the person's belief is of Bruce Springsteen, that would be, I could recommend it to anybody, but whether they like it or not would be up to what yeah. their frame of mind well, is going and in. And the interesting thing, too, is because of the sound of it, it, it is something that somebody that maybe isn't a fan but does like country music, I'm like, well, I think this sound is going to be more along, you know, you, what you like than if you were going to listen to the E Street Shuffle, you know? I, I think that... Yeah, uh, well, not country music today. Country no, music no, no, today is not so today. bro country. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. <laughs> that, shows, that shows how little I know about country music. I have, I have multiple friends yeah. in country radio, and I don't really think about... You know, to me, I think of like Glenn Campbell. That's what I, I think of Johnny Cash. But oh, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Now, one of the uh, uh, I have the great pleasure of working for a company that owns a number of radio stations, and I'm in the voiceover booth right now next to Chat 94.5 up here in Medicine Hat, which you can find online. And uh, they play all the modern day country music. And there's it doesn't all it it doesn't all connect to me. But the people who love country music today love Dirk Bentley and uh, and Blake Shelton and uh, sure. Hunter Brothers and all of these guys. Uh, I love Miranda Lambert and uh, Carrie Underwood and some of the other people out there that are making music. Zach Brown Band connects to me, but country music isn't the same today as it was in the 70s, which is where this record is is completely and wholeheartedly rooted in. And, uh, you know, we're talking about going to see the, the movie or not, and quite frankly, as far as I'm concerned, I would easily re- recommend this album. Give it a listen. I'm sure your local library has it available for, for yeah. rent or for to borrow or there's this thing now that the kids use called streaming i'm sure you could stream it if you want to but don't stop listening to our podcast right now no, go, go no, back no. to the album yeah. and listen to it later yeah you have to you have to stay locked into the black cast that's the important thing right here uh, absolutely course. uh so yeah and you know what you were talking about sort of it being very american he talks about america in the beginning sort of the two sides of the american people you know and the the barn mm-hmm. sort of representing that and uh, I think, yeah, it's uh, it, it, because like when they show the car and it has a California license plate in it, that actually puts me in the context of like, oh, yeah, it's not it, it, it's not about where you usually think of Bruce telling stories about Freehold, New Jersey yeah. and, the you know, yeah. <laughs> Monmouth County. You know, it's like, you know, it's about like out here and out in the desert and all that. And I think it does a, a great job. Uh, kind of, uh, you know, capturing that. Um, we've we've talked a little bit about the orchestra. I just wanted to sort of talk about it from a filmmaking standpoint. That somehow the way that they filmed it, and I wanted to say this when you mentioned it, and I just forgot because I'm so excited to talk about the movie. That they filmed this violin solo that this one woman did in a way that it made it so much more interesting than if I even if I listened to that exact track on the album. And I think it was during Stones. Uh, it, it would, you know, I would notice like, oh, that's nice. But to actually watch her playing it, and I, I think it's cool that we got to see the other musicians enough, where Absolutely. we could see them working and really just how much they put into this project, you know. 
Well, and that was one of the things that when you eventually watched the, the Broadway uh, video, yeah. uh, not Broadway video, whom you worked for at one point, I believe. <laughs> I, but when I you did, watched yeah. the Bruce on Broadway special, one of the things that they didn't do was take the camera. It's really only head and shoulders. You don't. Now, it isn't just focused there. You see body, you see moments and that sort of stuff. But you're not watching the audience's perspective of what's happening. Right. You're watching a man's face up close as he tells you his life story. And in that incident, it worked. And uh, and I believe the violin solo that you're talking about is in Tucson Train, although I could be oh, incorrect. No, I think you might be right. But yeah, yeah. It was it was like you you watch her and I mean she's into it. She's playing its note perfect. And uh, and as a failed uh, violin slash fiddle player myself, uh, it's it's beautiful to watch somebody play that instrument because it's so beautiful. And I've, I'm using beautiful a lot because that's absolutely the correct word. Yeah. And I'm not going to pull out the thesaurus to find another one. <laughs> However, it was uh, you know for for you seeing the California license plate, for me, it's like I live in the part of North America that is called the Badlands. I live in the Badlands. And I could go out, well, not right now because there's snow everywhere, but you've seen pictures I've taken up here that look yeah, exactly sure. like rural California. Like, this is what it is. And so for me, while it doesn't necessarily feel like home, because I'm from the East Coast and water to me makes me feel like home, um, it's very familiar to me. It was, it was, I felt very comfortable. The job Joshua trees don't feel like home because they're so abnormal and beautiful yeah. in their own way. But uh, the stuff that they did in Joshua Tree Park, I swear that's the stuff in the exact same place where my friend Curse Peterson and his uh, his wife and daughter and I stood to take the pictures that I have on yeah. Facebook and and the social network. Sometimes I think they really I think they stole our location. If I'm being honest, <laughs> I think they might be right. And yeah, I mean Joshua Trees is such a, an amazing. I mean, look, you go to a you go to a national park, you're going to see something unique, but. I, I don't know there's anywhere on earth that's quite like Joshua Tree. And of course, we, no, brought, there isn't. There is we brought Felix when he was like a year and a half. So we have like these great pictures of him running around in Joshua Tree and, you know, around the Joshua Trees and all that. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's such a, it's such a great place. And uh, my friend Jeff, who's one of the regulars on the Blackcast, he goes a few times a year. He has a spot that he likes to just go camping overnight. And uh, yeah. I... I'm not much of a camper, but I love that spot so much that I'm like, I'm like, I'm in my, uh, in my mid forties now. Do I really want to start trying to do some camping? But I'm so, you know, I'm so, uh, excited at the idea of maybe like actually spending the night in Joshua tree and just seeing what that's like. And then, you know, I could listen to this album, uh, uh, while I'm trying to fall asleep and, uh, but anyway, I thought that the movie was great. I really liked it, and I hope people check it out. I, 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 I thought that we got some great insight into Bruce and Patty's relationship. He sort of glosses over the fact that, you know, look, they had to sneak around when they were first together because he was married at the time, you know? Yeah. But they've been together yeah. for 30-plus years. They have kids. So, you know, it, there's no reason to dwell on that. I just it, it, That was the one thing that stood out. I'm like... Hey, why were you sneaking around, buddy? <laughs> but yeah, but well, I love Julianne Phillips will tell you why he was sneaking around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that was sort of the thing they come up with the book. Is I mean, you remember? You remember? It wasn't that long ago there was a a lawyer in California that was suing Bruce because Bruce reportedly had had an affair with his wife, and uh, and then the book comes out and and you start to see how through his depression and his sorrow right, and his yeah. sadness and dealing with his father, you start to realize that. And I'm not married. You are, so you know how much a wife means to you yeah, but you start to realize just how much patty meant to him 
Yeah. Like you hear people say all the time, oh, she's my rock, she's my rock, she's my rock. But Bruce just turned 70. Would we even have this guy? You know, if he hadn't fought against, and he talks about uh, he talks about how he has to fight himself sometimes in the movie. Yeah. He talked about it in the book. He talked about it on Broadway. But this was a man who grew up with a father that put some demons in him, and just the way that his family family was, and the way that his grandparents loved him so much because uh, because they had lost a child, and and all of that, and and so this was a man who could have you know, easily lost Patty if she hadn't fought to be in that relationship as well. And so there's a lot of that beauty that comes up. And, and it's only through Bruce's time spent with psychiatrists that he's able to be that open with us on stage in book and now on film. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really glad that he yeah. did. But to the same extent, he's ta- been talking since the Toronto International Film Festival. He's been talking about he's got some good E Street Band uh, songs written. And over the next couple of weeks, every single member of the E Street Band solo tour and album Album commitments come to an end. Little Stevens was last night, <laughs> yeah. and so now I think you know uh, Springsteen 2020. If he's not going to be on the uh, on the ballot, uh, he'll at least be out there giving rock and roll to the people who want it. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, look, we can uh, certainly write him in. We can always write Bruce in uh, if we want to. And I would. I would. If I got a vote in America, yeah. I would vote for him. But I don't. So. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I, but just my bringing up he and Patty, it's just like. Getting that those look the home movies and just talking about that bench that they would meet at across from the yeah. Empire I think the Empire Diner right by the Empire State Building and the fact that yeah. they like brought their son there and they carved their names to it. so it's like it's this great like little like you can just see like yeah he look he was in a, a bad situation and he met this person that this actually is the perfect person for him and right. that's coming before you see them perform on screen together and look we've seen them perform together many times even in the Broadway show, but then in this setting doing these songs, it was, it was great. I just thought it was great. And uh, I, I wonder what this film is eligible for nomination wise, but uh, I hope documentary, but yeah. yeah. And I, I hope he gets to, I hope he gets to do a song on the Oscar telecast. That's really what I want. You know, that's what I really well, the- want to see. The movie will be out the week of December 16th. It comes out on DVD and Blu-ray, and more people will see it in that format. And uh, wherever it ends up streaming, people will see it there in that format. The theater that I was in had six people in in it, and uh, I I don't know if there was a lot of other people you could have talked into going on a rainy, snowy Sunday afternoon in Calgary, Alberta. (laughs) Well, yeah, there were three people in the theater I saw, and uh, they kept uh, they kept like I don't know getting out to refill their Coke or something. I don't know. I'm just like like where are you going? He's really short. I cla- Listen, I clapped after every song. My buddy Brian Morton told me that he had been clapping after every song, and it was just like, I just found myself clapping as well. I didn't mean to. I wasn't yeah. doing it loudly, but after every song, I had to clap. It was a performance. Well, because I know you have to get back to work, I do want to move over to Blinded by the Light, which uh, I had wanted to talk to you about when it came out. Uh, I yeah. had the uh, naive notion that I was going to get a chance to read the book before, uh, before I recorded a podcast about it, and then months went by. So... Uh, I have the book, but I haven't read it. I, I am looking forward to reading it. Uh, but uh, one thing that I like, and was kind of what you were talking about earlier, is about sort of like how you find Bruce. I did like that this, and it's because it's where the, the book's author's life is set. It is at a time when people are like, oh, Bruce Springsteen, you know, at least in the UK, they were like, oh, that guy from like the late 70s and early 80s. Yeah, we're not into yeah. that, you know? So it's sort of like an interesting period where... 
you know, it was sort of like he was definitely an afterthought because I think it's 87, 88, which he's still huge at that point. But it's also it, it, yeah. it just you had no idea what was coming. So I thought it was interesting. So you read the book. You loved it. Don't like the movie. But you've seen the movie eight times. I keep, you know, sometimes there, sometimes movies come out that I'll watch and and not really like, yeah, and and think and think, am I missing something? Because every single human being, including yourself and I know your wife, loved Blinded by the Light. Like everybody loved it. I got messages from people that I haven't heard from year for years, even though we're friends on Facebook. You know, I I saw this movie, I loved it. It made me think of you. I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. And people got caught up in it, and. I could tear this movie apart from 30 different levels and, <laughs> and talk about the things that bothered me. Sure. And Safran Manzur, who wrote the book and worked so hard on the movie, uh, he likes it too. But, I mean, he's got a financial stake in it. I don't. Yeah. And and the, the movie itself, I kept going back to it. There are fantastic moments. Ryan talked about some of the fantastic moments, like when they're singing Thunder Road and the ending is spectacular and, and, uh, and, and that. So there's some good stuff in it. But, but overall... No, it, it just it missed the mark. It was trying to be. It was almost as if eight, eight or ten different people said, "How do we take this beautiful book and make it a Hollywood movie?" Yeah. Now it's not as awful as Last Christmas in my mind. Last Christmas out in theaters now, there's going to be people that love this movie I, as much as love actually, but the majority of people are going to see it for what it is. Yeah. It is a beautiful turd wrapped in I, Christmas I, wrapping so paper. I have not seen that movie and I won't get into it, but I, I have had, I, I somebody told me that the ending is terrible and I needed to know and I think that people are going to hate this movie last, clear, last Christmas, Absolutely. by the way. No, they, and they should. By yeah. all means, they should. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine actually seeing it, uh, in all honesty. Uh, but You will have to. It's a romantic comedy. My, my, you have a lovely wife. You'll have to watch yeah, but this she, movie one day. And I, do, a, I don't say that to be sexist no. because men like romantic comedies, too. But uh, this movie is the type of movie that people are going to want to watch because they're going to want to say... Is it as bad as everybody right. sees? No, no. The romantic comedies I see in the theater are only because of my wife. Uh, I, That's I what love, I mean. I That's why I, you're going to have yeah, to see it. I love romantic comedies. The only one that I really was able to be like, you need to watch this, and you, she'd never seen it, was Singles. That's because it's from a very specific time in my life, and I love the music in it. And you know, and I'm like, look, it's Cameron Crowe. I guarantee you're going to like it. And she did like it. Uh, it's not her favorite, but that's fine. You know, I love it. So maybe, maybe I'm your soulmate. I love. <laughs> you know what? That would make sense. Uh, we'll talk about it when the three of us go see Weezer, Green Day, and Fallout Absolutely. Boy. Absolutely. Oh, we're gonna. That was gonna be a tremendous day. I'm looking forward to it. But, but like in for me, when I read Blinded by the Light, it yeah. was a man's. It was a man's story of how he discovered Bruce Springsteen, and it helped him rise above his station. Now, if that's if that's the movie you're making, that sounds like a tremendous movie. But like, I'll tell you one scene that like right from the moment it happened I thought well this is not possible and so he meets uh, he meets a guy at the school that he's going to for the first time and the guy introduces him to Bruce Springsteen and he, he asks him for more information and the guy ends up giving him two tapes yeah. uh, because this was in the tape time he gives him two tapes and he says listen to this it will it will change your world and and then he doesn't actually listen to these tapes for what in the movie <laughs> looks like a couple of weeks if not a month later uh, yeah. I, I know. I, I did have that thought. It didn't. It didn't ruin the movie for me. But I would have been like, "Hey, bro, how about those tapes, huh?" 
<laughs> you know, like, can well, I have yeah, them back? I, would, I mean, his friend never asked for them back, but I mean, I remember uh, when uh, when a buddy of mine in, uh, this would have been in Germany, gave me a copy of The Wall and said, you need to listen to the whole thing. And I rushed home to listen to it, changed my life. Yeah. To a different extent, a friend of mine, when I was going to high school in Summerside PEI, gave me a copy of Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart, the whole album, and he said it was it was a better record than just the single. And I took it home and listened to it and gave it back to him the next day saying, it, it really isn't. And uh, uh, so, but but it wasn't just because I wanted to give something back. If somebody said, this is worth your time, yeah. well, then I want, to, I want to respect their opinion and actually go home and, and give it a listen right away. And, and while that didn't ruin the movie for me, that was one of the many little scenes yeah. that you're sitting there going, okay, the people who are making this movie might like Bruce Springsteen and they might like music, but they don't love it. And, I, and so yeah. for me, there was too many times where it came across as a movie and not a passion project. And Safraz, the, the guy, like I said, who wrote the book, for him it was a passion project. And uh, and years from now, I hope to sit down with him and say, let's have an honest conversation about this movie. You didn't like it either, did you? You know what? I, and I, I'm going to bet that he probably likes it more than you did. But I, I, I think that if you sure. were to be like, what about these things? He'd probably be like, yeah, you know what? That would have been better. Because you know, he's still in the mode of, of selling it because people are going to get it in the end. Absolutely. But, by the way, you seeing it eight times, is that eight times in the theater or is it on DVD? And I just didn't realize it. Uh, it comes out on DVD on the 19th of November. So, uh, so, so you've gone to the theater? Times in theaters. Wow, that's a lot. Okay. It's not uncommon for I, me to see a movie, I, for me to see a movie that much. I, I, yeah, I mean, I haven't even seen one of the Star Wars movies in theater that many times. You know what I mean? Like going back to as a kid. But anyway, um, there's things <laughs> that I liked about the movie were how they would incorporate the music and some of the visuals, like the way that... You know, like when he's out, you know, it's it's definitely a little melodramatic, but when he's out in that storm and then the, the words were on the screen, I thought, I, I thought yeah. it was inventive. I thought it looked really cool. I loved that reality was bent a little bit and they were happy to do big production numbers with the cast. And I was like, yeah. yes, don't get too bogged down into like trying to explain them away. You know, just do that. It's fun. So I was able to have fun yeah. with that stuff. My wife, uh, being Chinese-American, she was able to kind of appreciate the the sort of the the ethnic part of the story the sort of the upbringing the you know the look she's very western accommodating parents that were happy for her and her sister to pursue careers in television and the entertainment yeah. business but you still uh, you know you still have family members that kind of talk like that uh, you know i'm sure I, I, she didn't even say this to me but i'm going to bet that uh, his parent, his father in particular, probably reminded her of like her great grandmother and and people like that in her life, you know. So I think oh, she I identified with it on that level. And then, but like I was saying, I just wanted to let Ryan know when he was here. It's like after it was over, she's like, "Oh, I get it now." I don't think that that means that she, you know she's looking to come to a, an E Street band show with me. And the only reason why I wouldn't try and urge her to do it is because I know how expensive those tickets will be. You know? But if she yeah, wanted to, I would be... Now. Yeah, I would be so excited if she actually wanted to. But uh, yeah. that's why I think I, maybe I'll take the baby step of like, why don't you... You know, when Western Stars is out on Blu-ray, it's like, why don't, why don't we watch this? Uh, but... Well, see, and, and if, if Blinded by the Light serves as a, a, an introduction to some people into the world of Bruce and, and why people get so obsessive and just enjoy his work so much, then, then that, for me, is fine. But it's like yeah. I'm, I'm going into this movie as a, as a 40-year Springsteen fan who loved the book 
and, you know, uh, uh, didn't get along with uh, my father the way Bruce didn't get along with his father, but found closure in the end. And in the end, with my father, there was nothing left unsaid, and I thought that was great. But when you watch the... I'm trying to appeal to my father's story, and you look at how uh, you look at how much better it was done in Bohemian Rhapsody. And forget forget the fact that it's uh, that it's it's the same Pakistani family or any minority sure. family. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a father. It's a father and a son trying to find a common ground to get along with. And in the end, you you hope that the father can learn to live with whatever the son had. My father was a military man who wanted my hair cut short and wanted me to be in the military, and it just wasn't what I saw for myself. I wanted to, to, to play music and share music and share ideas, and, and that led to the way that I was. And, and so the fact that, you know, I'm a television anchor now, and I do radio sometimes and those sorts of things, and, but I'm a storyteller, and that's who I am, and my father learned to accept me for who I am. Um, but when you watch the movie, when you watch Blinded by the Light, even though I knew the story, it was so cliché that they were going to be friends in the end. And I'm, that's all I'm going to say about the end of the movie, because that's, yeah, that's already, fine. for me, too much of a spoiler. But there's a couple of other things that happened, and it was just like, I, I didn't buy... I didn't buy for a second that the way that movie ended would be how their relationship as father and son would end. I didn't buy that... I didn't buy it for a second. But I like the fact that maybe they got along. Yeah. So unlike in Bohemian Rhapsody where it made sense to have them standing off to the side at, at Live Aid. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, to, I, so to me, it was just like, it didn't, it didn't seem real. It didn't seem true to the book. And as I said earlier, um, the people that made the movie made Bennett like Beckham. And to me, there wasn't, there wasn't a wrong moment in any of Bennett like Beckham. There wasn't a wrong moment. It was genuine and unique, and it was a beautiful movie. Uh, but they didn't make Blinded by the Light with the same passion. Yeah, and, no, I agree. And, and if anybody sees it and loves it and tells me that I'm wrong, that's fine. You have your opinion. I have and, mine. And, I'm probably going to watch the movie again a couple and, times and, next week when it comes and, out. And here's the thing, too. Somebody who loves the movie is probably not going to see it as many times as you. So I don't even know what that means. <laughs> well, that, that means I have way too much time <laughs> on my hands. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. So... Uh, in any case, yeah, I thought that, uh, I don't know, I, I think that I, I like the story, uh, but yeah, it's certainly not perfect. Uh, and I, I don't know, I'm interested in seeing it again, but we don't have time to go into it. But you mentioned uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, and I hated that movie. I could and not. And I get that. Yeah. I get I get that you hated Bohemian Rhapsody, and I can tell you, I can tell you right now the reason why I liked it and you didn't like it. Tell me the reason. I'll tell you if you're right. I'm older than you, and I grew up with the music, and the music means everything to me. Uh, the music is great in it. I didn't like when it's like they pretended that the band had been broken. Like I usually don't care if you if you brush over history, but when you radically oh, the story, alter the, the, the story in Bohemian Rhapsody is all wrong. It it's may, absolutely yeah, all I wrong. Loved, There's so much they made. I love the performances. I liked seeing the music and hearing it on the screen. I loved. I, I you know some people have talked about how unnecessary recreating Live Aid is. I'm like sure it's unnecessary, but Man, it was cool. I really liked the way it looked. It and was I, very cool. Yeah, and I know the Blu-ray cool. has the whole performance because they they didn't do all the songs in the film itself. So I think that that's really yeah. cool. No, but it was just like when you pretend that like they came back together for Live Aid, and when in actuality they had just been on tour like a month earlier, you know. Yeah. And like you know you want to give it the weight of oh he knows he's HIV positive, which by all indications he did not at that point. And yeah. I, I get it. You're telling a story, but I'm like. These are such significant things. 
Like, do oh, you they have truly to? Are. You're, yeah. you're 100% right there. Yeah. But did you see the movie yesterday? Did you see yesterday? No, I haven't. I, I want to see it. I know it's, uh, I missed it when it was in theaters, but I know it's out, It's available now. It, it's out, and it's out, and it, it too is not a great movie. I mean, there's okay. been a lot of music movies this year, and there's still a lot of great documentaries to come that have debuted at film festivals. But there's one scene, one scene in yesterday that that allows you to spend time with somebody that you never thought you'd spend a moment with ever again. And to me, that's a little bit what Bohemian Rhapsody did. It was just like, we miss Freddie so much. He would have been so great in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, and and so just having the opportunity to spend time with him, even if the story is wrong, yeah. I I appreciate it and I really liked it. But I get I'm yeah. normally the picky person saying the history is all wrong. But <laughs> right. in, in this instance, no, I loved uh, it. I, I did, think I, really loved it. I think Remy Malek was great as uh, Freddie Mercury. And the other big problem I had is that it is very clearly produced by the other guys in Queen because they're all you know Boy Scouts in this movie, and they're all like yes, they are. You know, and I'm just like I I feel like this is probably very inaccurate I would and you know, look I can understand Sasha Baron Cohen getting at whether well, how great would he have been if, as Freddie Mercury but uh, I can understand him being like this isn't the movie I signed up for you know I, I didn't want to do no. a puff piece so that you know when Queen plus Adam Lambert go out on tour they can play in larger arenas which by the way they yeah. did that's exactly what happened because of that movie. You know, they were playing stadiums oh, of course, instead of arenas. Yeah. And yeah, look, no, oh, not gonna. Let, let me let me ask yeah. you one more question before yeah. I throw the agenda back to you. Did you see Rocket Man? Did you see Elton John's no, Rocket Man? No, that that was one that I got some really bad feedback from people who hadn't seen it. And look, I don't get out to the movies as much as as I'd like no, because no, of course, we have two no, kids. Of course not. So I did want. I was excited. I love Taron Egerton. What I liked is that he sang the songs in the movie. So I wanted yeah. to see it, but then I had enough people tell me that they weren't. Uh, blown away by it that I'm sort of waiting to see it. What did you think of Rocket Man? Well, first off, don't go see it or watch it or view it without knowing going in it's a musical. It's not a movie, right. it's a musical. Right. And uh but imagine a music imagine a musical about Elton John produced by Elton John. Yeah. And so while while they do show it show it warts and all, it's still Elton John's version of Elton John's story. Yeah. And I was never even for a moment and I love Elton John, I love the music, but I was never even for a moment remotely engaged by that film. Now that's interesting. Yeah, that's kind of the the feeling that I got. And I knew it was a musical and all that. By the way, who would have been a better subject for an actual biopic than Elton John? I mean, his life would have been fascinating. You know, you could have just told Absolutely. his. You could and, have just told his story. Eventually, there will be a better biopic made about yeah. Elton John, and uh, we'll see what kind of warts come out of that one. Too. You could you could just tell uh, his story in the seventies in one movie. You could do a trilogy and have it be great, but. Uh, yeah, so that's why I, I kind of stayed away from that one. But uh, yeah, I yeah. look, we're getting more and more of these, uh, these, these, and we will biopics. continue to. Yeah. Other than other than Marvel films and DC attempts to be Marvel films, <laughs> music movies. There's probably fifteen or twenty being greenlit yeah. right now. There's documentaries on Robbie Robertson and the band. There's a David Crosby documentary that's out there. There's a Joan Jett documentary that's out there. There's so many that are out there, and there's so many that are coming yeah. because of the fact that Bohemian Rhapsody not only made money but won awards and for me i'm looking forward to every single usually sunday nights i'll watch a documentary or two i can't wait to see all of these and to those who are to those there in hollywood where bladcast originates north hollywood (laughs) or otherwise make more movie biopics but do them uh, not just as passion projects but put your passion on the screen 
Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I think I think that's great. And, you know, the uh, the ESPN sports documentaries, those 30 for 30s, a lot of times the director of them is somebody who's very passionate about the team or the game that it's about. You know, I like when you pick people yeah. who are really fans. And I would say that I would agree that I got that impression from Blinded by the Light, that everybody was just, you know, you maybe had some people who did like a Wikipedia, grabbed the greatest hits and felt like they were ready to go in terms of making the yeah. movie. Well, Dan, we could talk about movies and music and movies that are in music, music movies, all of it. Uh, but I know you have to get back to work. And I do. I have a newscast I have to produce that will be on the air in three and a half hours. Right. And we have to find our lead stories for today. And it, it can't just be that it's cold because I think that's every day. So at least right now. Uh, well, we're in what's we're in what's called right now a Chinook, where we have two warm days in between two days where the temperature is close to four degrees Fahrenheit or right. minus twenty degrees Celsius. And uh, you know, you posted on uh, social media that uh, something that I hadn't thought about in a while. You had, you were choosing which uh, windshield scraper you were going to buy, and. Uh, yes. I, I will tell you, I haven't owned one of those for quite a while now, but uh, for a long time when I, when I, because I drove out here, I had it in my car for years and people would be like, yeah. what is this brush with this plastic thing on the end of it? I'm like, oh, if, if, if you ever need it, you'll be so glad you have it, you know, but. Uh, Listen, any, any time I've driven my car in California, people ask me why there's a plug on the front of my car. <laughs> Why is there? And for those that don't know, you plug your block heater in so it stays warm overnight so your car will start the next morning when it's minus 20 for five days in a row or more. Wow. See, I mean, I didn't grow up in that kind of cold, but I did grow up where the, you'd go outside and start your car before and go back inside before you actually got into it so that you weren't freezing. And uh, I visited a, friend's, uh, a friend of mine. She was uh, married to a guy in the Marines, and they were stationed in Yuma, Arizona. And this was the first time okay. where I saw the reverse of that, where you'd go outside, start your car, blast the air conditioning, because you would melt if you got into your car. So it was the reverse of what I grew up with, you know? It was just like you have it to shows, It cool shows down how far away removed you are from all of this. You don't go outside anymore. You have an oh. automatic car starter. Yes, that's And true. you start your car by remote, that uh, remote that's attached to your keychain. <laughs> you start your car in the morning about 15 or 20 minutes before you go outside. You don't actually go outside anymore. My God, live in a cold world, why don't you? <laughs> why don't you? Well, uh, Dan, I always appreciate having the time. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, your... Rock and roll road trip this summer with uh, Weezer, Green Day, and Fallout Boy. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm probably going to hit the merch table during Fallout Boy, but uh, maybe you feel absolutely. Yeah, I I think uh, I'll be able to hear. And that's the funny thing too, is because I think they have three songs that you'll usually hear during Major League Baseball, at least commercials and things like that. Oh, that was. Yeah. A, I'm sorry, that was the final thing I had to talk to you about. Uh, obviously, the Washington Nationals are the Washington Nationals, but that team started as the Montreal Expo. So you were able to appreciate that world championship in a way that I wasn't because they're in the same division as my Mets. But uh, I was very excited for Yuppie because I feel like he was, he at least in spirit, he was involved in that. The beautiful thing was the Washington Nationals slash Montreal Expos won 15 years after moving. You remember when the Quebec Nordiques moved to Colorado and became the Avalanche oh, and yeah. won the Stanley Cup the next year? I do, do you remember, remember when the Cleveland Browns moved to become the Baltimore Ravens and won the Super Bowl within a I, couple of years? I, I sure do because years, yeah, I sure do because they beat, years is, they beat the Giants in that 2000 Super Bowl the Ravens did. So yes, I yeah, remember. Yeah. 
So, I mean, 15 years is a long enough time. I mean, eventually the Florida Marlins will move up to Montreal and, uh, and we'll have baseball, a second team in Canada, which would be great. But, uh, you know, it's good to see the championship of, of baseball stay in America since basketball, a game invented by Canadians, <laughs> is currently the championship trophy. The Larry O'B trophy is currently residing here in uh, my home and native land. And I'm sure it was an excuse for Drake to be even more insufferable, the fact that uh, the Raptors won. Yeah. So. <laughs> Drake, Drake can only be appreciated if you're living in Toronto. I understood Drake <laughs> for the three years I was back in Toronto, but I, now that I'm out here in Alberta, it's just like, Drake uh, is a fake. Come on, he's always going to be the kid in the wheelchair from Degrassi. He can't pretend to be anything else no he started from the bottom now he's there <laughs> uh, Listen, we could go on for hours could, this is uh, you've got the, work the, to do. the only podcast that i appear on and uh, anytime that uh, that you ask it's always my pleasure yeah. i was so excited i lied awake last night thinking about some of the things that i would say and then you inspired me to say more creative things yeah. and it was great to have ryan here uh the funny question that most springsteen fans ask other springsteen fans is how many times have you seen him live so you can tell ryan is so young that he hasn't seen him enough to start asking that yeah, question that's true he didn't ask but, uh, we yeah we've, I, we've talked about we've talked about that before and how it's like so when somebody finds out they're a fan the first time oh, how many times have you seen them live and it's like you know what you can appreciate somebody without having to see them live yeah. and by the way the answer for me is 37 right and for me i think it's 10 you know it's actually not it's that 10. many and, and i by the way i of course i count the uh the broadway show you know because the, you have yeah to. oh as do i yeah. as do i and i mean every show that i've seen has been special to me and i've loved each and every one and uh i say the same about my appearances here on the Bladcast, which this is number uh, three now, if anybody's counting. Uh, yeah, because we had the in-studio one. We did one about uh, the baseball playoffs. Uh, that that yeah. was the... I think that was the the year that had the uh, bat flip game by uh, Joey Bat. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, that was so great. <laughs> I was there, and uh, I was so loved that game. Every second of it. Uh, anyway, so there'll be so much more to talk about, and so I, I the, you are on. Is it pronounced chat? I always look at it as C hat, but is that wrong? No, it's chat because we the, it's we live in medicine. The, it's a chat television, right? And uh, in in Medicine Hat, Alberta, there's chat to chat TV. Right. Uh, you can find us at chatnewstoday.ca on the internet, and uh, all of our all of my shows, uh, all of our daily news shows are on there, and our weekend reviews. So yeah. the internet has uh, all of my work, all of my efforts, and yeah, it's chat. Yeah, I I I just assumed I'm like, well, it wouldn't possibly be chat, but it, it makes sense. Yeah, because I. I knew that much, you know, growing up uh, not that far from the Canadian border. I knew that the Canadian stations all started with C. So, in any case, uh, Dan, and people can find you on, uh, you don't tweet that much, but you are on Twitter, and you did tweet about this disappearance, because I know you were excited I, uh, about I, I, like most of the young people today, find that the gram, the Instagram, is more fun to use, because it's very photo, photo... The Instagram is sort of more for fun. Twitter is more for, for promoting work. Yeah. Um, but I'm at Dan Reinish, D-A-N-R-E-Y-N-I-S-H, uh, on all the social networks. And uh, by all means, uh, feel free to say hello at any time. And, uh, and, 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 yeah, uh, and Christian Blatt, my podcasting buddy and uh, Weezer brother, uh, I look forward to the next <laughs> yeah. time the airwaves and telephone lines bring us together. Absolutely, and you can uh, tweet at both of us and uh, ask us and tell us how many times you've seen Bruce. Anyway, Dan, get back to work. There's news to be reported on, and uh, I look forward to uh, talking to you soon, and I'll see you this summer. 
not just news, buddy, Canadian news that's to be reported. That's Thanks, right. my friend. We'll see All you right. soon. See you soon. And that indeed was our friend Dan Reinish up there at Medicine Hat, Alberta, a province that I've never been to, only been to Ontario and BC. But, uh, you know, there's a bucket list, uh, trips to take in the in the future. Always a fun chat. And uh, th <laughs> pun intended, chat, TV and radio. In any case, uh, this is Blackcast 349. And as you're listening to this, by the time this is posted, we've already done Blackcast 350 the streaming video of which can be found on blackcast.com, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T.com. If you just want to listen to the audio, that's next week's episode. It'll just magically show up the same way this one did. But if you want to check out with uh, the cameras that we're going to use, I think it's going to be a two-shot throughout the whole thing. We don't need any stinking engineers. But it'll be myself, Will Sterling, Zia Anderson, Amy Cassandra Martinez, Lindsay Floyd from the Dennis Miller Option. It'll be a great time, so uh, check out Blackcast 250. That's crazy. Black Ash 250 was good, too. But Black Ash 350 is where it's at. Anyway, that'll be next time on the Black Ash. I woke up this morning with stars.